Hello, dear friends. Happy May. Happy Beltane to you. Happy midway point between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. So April apparently was all about a makeover um, from a new design for Shay and the Catskills to a whole rethink about my work. As much as I loved the idea of doing my work by donation or exchange, the reality is it wasn't working. Late stage capitalism doesn't offer a lot of roadmaps for creative and spiritual workers to value what we do. But fortunately, with a little help from my friends in the seen and unseen worlds, I've been working it out. To that end, my tarot books are open and I am charging a flat fee for readings. For those who can't afford a 50 minute one-on-one -on -one reading, I will be opening my Zoom room on the fourth Friday of every month from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Eastern time to offer free mini readings and answer questions about tarot in a group format. So if you are interested in coming to this, please let me know and I will get Zoom sign-in info to you. I have also been doing over the last month a test run of a new five-week course about learning the tarot. And we are all having a frigging blast. And I encourage you to check out the full workshop description and the June, July, and August session date and times to see if one works for you. Testimonials will be forthcoming. My comrades at Surge showing up for racial justice are hosting monthly one hour action zaps focusing on defunding the police and abolition. And rumor has it that I will be co-facilitating the June Zap. So come hang out from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on May 13th and June 10th. Get some political education, make some phone calls, send some emails with lots of other people. And at the end of the hour, we'll celebrate the impact we make when we take collective action together. Finally, if there is a mutual aid fund that you would like me to shout out in my next newsletter, please let me know. It would be my pleasure to do so. And to all of you who continue to support my work in so many amazing and generous ways, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now on to my May inspirations. What's inspiring me now? So many things. First off, apparently I am into post-apocalyptic novels now. Um, please don't send me any more recommendations. They're so hard to read. Um, but there were a couple that I read in the last month that were particularly gorgeous. The first is The Rain Heron by Robbie Arnott. And the other one was, is called The Bear by Andrew Krivak. And they were... Um, Brutal and beautiful in equal parts. Highly recommend. Also in the book department, I wholeheartedly recommend Kimberly Ann Johnson's new book just published a couple weeks ago called Call of the Wild, How We Heal Our Trauma, Awaken Our Power, and Use It for Good. Um, in this book, Johnson names a lot of things that have helped me make sense of my own experiences 
particularly as a long-term meditator and as a woman. And in case it needs to be said, just because the book centers the experiences of women and femmes, that doesn't mean it's not also for everyone else. I'm talking to you, fellas. Next is a presentation called The Art and History of Talismans with Natalie Labriola. You may remember Natalie Labriola. I um, shouted out her presentation that she did last year on women mystic artists that was just absolutely incredible. She's gonna be offering that again later this year. But this presentation on the art and history of talismans was amazing. Yes, it costs $17 to view and Labriola is a magical encyclopedia of esoterica. Okay, let's normalize paying people for spiritual work that changes the way we experience ourselves and the world. Next up is a podcast interview with my friend Bethany Saltman about her book, Strange Situation. This is an interview that actually Kimberly Ann Johnson did with Bethany last year. It had me crying on my way to a doctor's appointment recently in a good way. Um, it's really like having all of the feelings. It was really um, a journey and so good. Um, in the realm of podcasts, uh, Adrienne Marie Brown and her sister Autumn Brown have a podcast called How to Survive the End of the World. It is amazing. And they recently had an incredible and incredibly nuanced conversation with Yaba Blay about her newly reissued book, of photo portraits and personal stories called One Drop, Shifting the Lens on Race, which is a beautiful book that is sitting on my kitchen table right now and that I dip into whenever I sit down for a bite to eat and just marvel over the beauty of the portraits and the richness and nuance of people's stories about their identities. Highly, highly recommend. Speaking of Adrienne Marie Brown, I just pre-ordered her newest book called Holding Change, The Way of Emergent Strategy Facilitation and Mediation. You know that it's going to be amazeballs. Pre-orders really help books. So if it's something that you think you might be interested in, please hit the pre-order button. Next, I am truly not a fan of the New York Times, and please don't at me about this. It's fine if you enjoy it. Good for you. And this interactive piece about a tiny work of art blew my mind. It's the New York Times at its best, a piece that only the New York Times could do with all of its many resources. And thank you, Mary B., for sending it my way. Links for this and everything that I'm talking about is in the show notes. Next, read about a new holiday conceived of by my friend Perdita Finn called Corporate Colonizers and Greedy Patriarchs Day. Hint, it happens every four years on February 29th. Read more at the link in the show notes. And then finally, my friend Clark Strand wrote a couple of really beautiful pieces that capture an essential facet of why I pray the rosary, even though I'm not Catholic. Um, thank you, Clark, for giving words to um, an experience that feels impossible to articulate. Links, 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 all in the show notes. 
Um, Robin Love and I will be continuing our Let's Talk About It money series. Um, our next, we did our first one at the end of April, and the next one will be on Saturday, May 29th from an 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And uh, many of us who have trained and practiced in spiritual, creative, and healing disciplines for years have no idea how to value our work. How do we have complex, honest, and liberating conversations about money that let us offer what we do to those who would benefit from it while also feeling empowered, generous, and valued in our work? Bring your curiosity, creativity, and questions to this conversation. These sessions are by donation, and I invite you to consider what it is worth for you to have a conversation that you have never had before that shifts and changes your stories and narratives about what money is, what it is for, and how it functions in your life. Um, Robin and I will also be redistributing all donations from this series. Um, so just consider that, what that by donation means to you. Finally, we come to the tarot card of the month, which this month is the Seven of Swords. Um, I think I will be including a little thumbnail of this in the episode. You can also visit my blog post to get an eyeball on this card. Um, essential to see the image, right? I'm going to describe it a little bit here, but um, it's really good to take a look at it. So when I think back to the handful of times I rummaged through my mother's tattered deck of Smith Rider weight tarot cards, this is the card that stirs the most feeling of mysterious nostalgia. I remember how much death and the hanged man and the devil scared me, but this card was more of a childlike heebie-jeebie WTF. Who is this light-stepping figure in blue tights, tan tunic, and fur-trimmed red boots? What is up with that red pillbox hat and that look of sneaky self-satisfaction on their face? Where are they coming from with those colorful flag top tents in the background? Where are they going in that glowy yellow dawn light with all of those swords anyway? If you remember when I discussed the Seven of Cups a couple months back, I like to see the minor sevens in terms of complexity and nuance. Other readers suggest that the sevens invite a sacred pause or are about initiation, and I love this too. In a framework that invites complexity, the answer for me when it comes to tarot is always yes, more please. In the airy realm of the swords, we're talking about the mind, thought, perception, attention, awareness, as well as about communication, written and verbal. Messages, truth, wisdom, justice, and conflict are also all concerns of the suit of swords. Minor sevens also correspond to number seven, the chariot in the major arcana, a card that is complex and weird as someone in my tarot workshop aptly noted recently. In that card, an armored figure is in a vehicle 
where he actually looks sunken in a giant block of cement, not exactly traveling light. And instead of horses to pull him along, there are two I'm not going anywhere sphinxes. There's lots of other symbolism in this card, but for now, I'll just leave it at this. This blocky, weird card is ruled by watery cancer. WTF indeed. In this card that we think is about getting somewhere, we're looking awfully way down. Which brings me back to our sneaky thief in the Seven of Swords. This is a card that's typically interpreted as being about sneakiness, lies, betrayal, and deception. And it's not wrong. This was a card I pulled over and over and over again a couple years back using the Wild Unknown deck, where the depiction is of a seemingly sleeping fox peeking right at you with one eye open. Six swords are arranged neatly above this fox, and he lies directly on the blade edge of the seventh sword. I pulled this card so frequently that eventually I took it to a therapy appointment and generated a lot of really interesting meaning from it. Several times over the past couple of years, I thought I've landed on why I pulled that card with such frequency during a tumultuous and change-filled time of my life. I think every insight has added meaning and nuance, but it was only this past week that I felt at a deeper level what that card was pointing at back then. I was telling myself a story about what was happening to me. It was the story that I needed to be true at that time, but it was not the whole truth, not by a long shot. Hello, Seven of Swords. Recently, I've been thinking about the Seven of Swords as the editor of the tarot. I recently wrote a series of posts for my rosary group about the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries that centered on my experiences at the monastery, namely leaving the monastery. And before I began writing, I told myself I was absolutely not going to write about this because I wasn't ready. I hadn't digested the experience enough yet. And yet I sat down at 7 a.m. and by 3 p.m. all three posts were out of me and they were all about the monastery. Sometimes we do not get to decide. Turns out writing those posts was a huge piece of digesting and metabolizing my experience. Whereas I thought I had to wait until I had processed the experience before I could write about it, what happened in this instance is that the storytelling itself was a vehicle for, a means of that very digesting and metabolizing. And what was so incredibly interesting to me about that process were all of the many micro decisions I made in the writing about what to focus on, what to leave out, what to show and what to conceal. This is the Seven of Swords in action. We are never seeing the whole picture and we are never revealing the whole picture. It's impossible. Our information and understanding are always only partial and constantly changing. If we're not thinking about it, we'll conceal and reveal according to our habits and reactions. We'll keep telling the same story over and over again, regardless of whether it's true or helping us. But when we take up the tool of the Seven of Swords consciously, intentionally, to tell a true story, a useful story, a complex and rich story, a new story, 
we have magic in our hands and in our pens or keyboards or mouths. The Seven of Swords as editor can mean editing words and writing, and it can also mean the way we edit a life, the things that get left on the cutting room floor to make the life we actually have, the yeses and nos and the things we didn't get to choose or consent to that make up the story we're living now. Editing isn't what we do after we create something. It's an essential and integral and powerful part of the creative process itself. It's the magical tool that can give meaningful and potent shape to the raw material of our life, all the swirling chaos of quote unquote, what happened. This sneaky figure is taking what he can use and leaving the rest. And they look pretty freaking happy about it. You know, there's so much fear mongering in the culture. We must be sneaking, lying, and betraying, as opposed to joyfully and play, playfully choosing and creating. The overculture counts on our mistrusting and doubting ourselves, thinking we're bad, keeping ourselves swirling in stagnant pools of stuckness and self-sabotage. Don't look behind the curtain of your own heart. The overculture's power hoarders want us to believe it's all big, bad, and scary so that we won't go looking for and claim our treasure. I say to you, happy sneaking. Finally, I wanna let you know that on May 8th, my friends Robert and Cole have a new little storefront popping up right here on Route 214 in Phoenicia. It's called the Chill Cricket. And they're going to be selling original artwork, photography, and jewelry made by local artists, including me. The works of mine that they're selling are not available anywhere else. And 20% of the proceeds from all of my artwork sold at the Chill Cricket will go directly to the Phoenicia Food Pantry. There's also a rumor swirling around that I will be doing in-person tarot readings at, out front of the Chill Cricket at some point this summer with a discount for, for full-time locals. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to what I have to say. And um, I certainly hope that you're listening what you have to what you have to say too. Um, that's really the most important thing. So wishing you um, a delicious May and I will see you next month. Take good care.